What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Bleacher Banter Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It's your host, Tommy Buns, here with Sully and Jones, fresh off of the Super Bowl. What a night it was. Pretty shit game, but my man Tommy the GOAT doing GOAT things, winning his seventh championship. Bucks defense just absolutely embarrassed the Chiefs. I don't want to hear any of this bullshit from people that the refs gave the Bucks that game. Those calls, yes, some of them weren't great. Definitely favored the Bucks, but the Bucks were winning that game no matter what that night. That defense absolutely owned the Chiefs. Um, what did you guys think, though? I mean, I know the game kind of sucked. It was a blowout, but. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's crazy how much those offensive line injuries hurt the Chiefs. You know, I, I think everyone kind of thought, yeah, obviously they mean a lot, but, you know, it's Mahomes and it's the Chiefs. It's Andy Reid. Like, they'll find a way to make it competitive. And it just never happened. It was one of those games where you just the whole time you're like, okay, well, they're going to score here. And then all of a sudden it's a 10 point game or they're going to score here. And all of a sudden it's a two possession game. And it just never happened. And the Bucks just kept piling on. Um, It was you can't take anything away from the Bucks. I mean, obviously the Chiefs weren't at their best, but that like you said, that the Bucks came to play and the chiefs didn't have an answer. Um, they should have, they should have put up a much better performance than nine points. No offensive line, offensive line or not. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it just, and I mean, you got to give it to the bucks offense too. I mean, they slowed down at the end, but they played a good game. They played a good game for net eight Rojo. When he came in, I mean, he was pulling off 10, 15 yard runs. <laughs> I mean, I think they both in the rushing yard department um, until Jones stopped getting touches. They were both like at like 60 or 70, yeah, I think. They, each. they were both through the whole game. Yeah, they, they were, were pretty were. even yardage wise. I mean, they would come in, play, uh, play Rojo for uh, a few downs. Overs. And yeah, I mean, and obviously Gronk. Brady's the only one who didn't hit his rushing over and his over under <laughs> was a yard and a half. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have to run at all. No scrambling. The Chiefs couldn't get to him at all. I think he was pressured like Tom what, Brady five scrambled times? for 37 yards, 37 scrambling yards. Patrick Mahomes at 499 scrambling yards, <laughs> yeah. which is the highest number I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that's insane. Um, I mean, he was running. He was he running ran, 30 yards backwards at some point and then flinging yeah. the ball another 60. I, that was insane. Yeah, I mean, I mean you got to give Mahomes had two of the most impressive, physically impressive throws I've ever seen in that game. Literally ever seen. And um, one was rightfully so in completion. The second one was a perfect pass that hit <laughs> Darrell Williams right in the helmet. Yeah. That if that pass is completed, it's the greatest pass of completion of all time. Yeah, the one where yeah, he was laying was, out. No, no right question. Completely. In the Super Bowl, yeah, on the right, uh, diving, throwing, and hits him in the helmet. Then Tyreek Hill, he dropped a touchdown that hit him on the helmet too. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the first or second quarter. Um, the Williams one had some zip on it too. It wasn't like he just <laughs> yeah. lofted it up there. No, I mean, it was that a bullet. was a no. fucking right <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Mahomes, I mean, as I rewatch a lot, a lot of his missed throws were in the first quarter. And, and then as he as one for eight or one for nine or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he he missed a couple of throws that he normally makes. There were drops. There were things along that. Um, but what I for, kind of what I saw is after that, after the second, third quarter, the Bucks defense just figured them out. Yeah. Um, you know, Mahomes didn't play great, but he didn't play that bad when when with what he had to deal with. Um you know, he could easily have had two touchdowns, one interception and, you know, but, you know, he, he fought his ass off. He, 
competed. He has the turf toe. Um, it wasn't his best performance, but receivers didn't help him. The O-line, yeah, Fisher being out, they shifted three different guys over. I mean, logically, how does that make sense? Just plug in the lesser player at that point. You're, you're sacrificing three different positions, moving three people around to, to you know, to put one in. Um, I didn't understand that. I didn't know there was that much real, reallocation of the whole line. I didn't understand why they didn't, in this, especially coming out of halftime, they didn't seem to change their blocking schemes at all. Nope. You know, I thought they would have, you know, brought no. in more two tight end tight sets. End. They would have... You know, use the running backs more in the blocking game. It just, yeah, they didn't seem to change anything at half. Yeah, it was, it was really that. And, um, there was not, you know, a lot of the, the plays there. I, I feel like as when they started to get down, especially they started to have these longer plays. Um, you need quick one, one and a half, two, two and a half second max throws. Where are the screens to Hardman? Where was Hardman? Where are the screens to Hill? Where are the little, you know, Six yard comebacks to Tyreek Hill, um, five yard, you know, little ins to, to you know, to to Kelsey. I, I was just so confused in the beginning of the game. There were more quicker passes and not all of them were working for them. But they knew the pass rush was coming. Obviously, they knew the pass rush was going to get there. So Mahomes did look a little slower than usual as well because the toe, I think. Yeah. He oh, yeah. he I mean, could he move. hundred percent, but well, he could move. There was a couple where he broke off, you know, the play breaks down and he scrambles out and runs for 12 yards and gets a first down on a third. And yeah, like, no, okay. he definitely was still mobile. But, like, I just feel like watching him, he didn't have the same explosiveness running-wise. No, definitely not. Um, like, he, did, he couldn't turn the corner as much. But I, I just think, you know – I think the whole Andy Reid thing, uh, I think it really got to him for sure with his son. Um, obviously, his son involved in the drinking and uh, unfortunately putting a five-year-old yeah, how's girl, that girl in. Doing? Is she like they keep just saying she has life-threatening. Yeah, I just hear critical condition. Um, plus now. Yeah, so I mean, if you're Andy Reid, you're in a really tough spot because your son's a jackass and your son is just. He, he's got DUIs all over the place. I don't know how this guy's licensed. Yeah, this is he may have one. killed this little girl. He may have killed this little girl. Um, and Andy Reid, I think. Oh, he's got previous DUIs? Yeah, this is third. Yeah. This is oh, third. Yikes. Did, this guy's did, a straight did up. Did he actually get a Dewey this time? Because he said I he, he, get, he. They didn't release it yet. Old, I, I had two drinks. I don't think they released it yet, The what his BAC was. He said he had two or three, and then he has an Adderall prescription. I uh, don't know why you need that at, 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 you know, whatever, three in the morning. We know why. Um, so <laughs> I think um, I think it's safe to say this guy's a scumbag. Um, and I think it's safe to say that Andy Reid is not a bad guy. Like he's like just because, you know, his son's made awful decisions. You know, so now he's he's worried about his son. He's worried who's on the team, who's a coach. Don't know how that's possible. Never heard any any and never even heard his name barely. Now he's worried about this uh that his son may have taken. And obviously he's got this thing called the Super Bowl. That's kind of important. So Andy Reid was not on his best. Um, and, and this is almost a time where you have Eric Bieniemy, who's, you know, everyone cl- crowns him as this all time great coordinator. And he doesn't, he doesn't call the plays. Maybe I'm not saying he calls all the plays, but maybe let him call some of the plays, maybe change something like, like well, the blocking. That, that the game plan was entirely Bieniemy's. He did say that in the post game. Oh, oh, he did. I'm sure he did. I, I don't think he. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Throwing him under the bus. I mean, he, he did it complimenting him. You know, he was kind of like we. You know, we. I think it was a stemming off a 
question about the accident, like, and its effect on him. And he was like, you know, me and Eric created the game plan before that happened. And, you know, yeah, I know. I did hear that. The game plan was created the week before. So, so together they collaborated, they created the game plan and then Reed called the plays. Yeah. As usual. That's, that's what happened. Um, So, I mean, at that point, why don't you even give him like some of the play? I don't know. I don't know if that's radical, but like they didn't change anything to your point of blocking of, you know, of even like, like having a running back chip and then throwing a little screen to CH or Darrell Williams or just do something Three running backs that are good in the passing game. Yeah. Did we see Le'Veon, at Le'Veon all? Bell? Did we see him even, did he even take a snap? I don't remember hearing his name. I don't name think at so. All. I don't think he even should. He's so bad. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, I don't remember hearing his name once. I saw, I saw some people on, I forget who it was. Some fucking journalist on Twitter. He's like an associate editor for like sports illustrated or something being like, don't let the box score fool you. Patrick Mahomes is having way better of a game, had way better of a game than Brady. I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I was like, in what fucking world are you living yeah. in? Like, I don't I mean, care if he's making these throws that should be caught and his receivers are letting him down. In no world did he have a better game than Brady. <laughs> like, I think yeah. the um, he I, didn't have a better I mean, game, obviously. I would say this. If the roles were reversed, Mahomes definitely would have had the better game. If Mahomes, oh, uh, yeah. if Brady had... I mean, Mahomes obviously would have had the the. I, Mahomes is going against an elite defense. This is like this. They were looking like an all time great defense th- these last like couple weeks. Like they've been top notch. I mean, they Rodgers, Breeze, Stymieing. You know, Breeze had Breeze had so much trouble. Rodgers did okay because he's having a career, one of the best seasons in NFL history for a quarterback. Right there with Peyton Manning and Brady's best seasons, and then doing what they did to Mahomes. Um, you know, I feel like we kind of overlooked the deal, overlooked the O line because the Packers have such a good O line that they, you know, they stood up pretty well against even with the Bakhtiari injury. They they you know have a far superior line than KC, but um, that's the only you know case you can make. Obviously, Brady, um, you know, he played great. Obviously, it was a lot of it was cerebral for him. You know, yeah, um, like the Gronk touchdown. You know, just reading things, just making quick throws to running backs to Fournette. Um, you know, just kind of just analyzing pre pre snap and, and just, you know, taking the short throws, you know, he didn't have a spectacular game. No, he made the throws he needed to. No. He played within himself. He played well. Right. Fournette um, did everything too for that team. And I said this last week when it was uh, Dave and I, I was like, if Fournette can get out there and he can get the running game going and they can control the clock and they can, you know, have them respect the play action. If he can go out and actually get first downs for him, they're going to be in good shape to win. I mean, I didn't think it would result in a, uh, you know, twenty-two point blowout yeah. or twenty. It yeah, was 20. a balanced offense, right? It, it was, was balanced all over. Which, if they had to rely yeah, the on the end. pass, if they had to rely on just the pass, they probably it doesn't turn out that way. They they needed that. Yeah, I was game. even with that. I was shocked how bad, how non-existent the Chiefs' pass rush was. Obviously, to your point, the play only action plays a part. Only one sack. One sack and four quarterback hits or pressures. That's really that's. I think yeah. no four pressures. Four pressures on, on like thirty dropbacks or something. Yeah. Um, and then Mahomes had twenty nine on like forty nine dropbacks or fifty something. Fifty something. Whatever it was, it was the 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 uh, Chiefs was the like the Bucks put the most pressure on in Super Bowl yeah. history, and and it, Brady had the least pressure. 
Yeah, regardless of what you say, this game is not an indictment on Mahomes at all. Um, no, no. Some people are overreacting, and, you know, you see he didn't have 100 yards in the second. By It took him until the third quarter. It's a bad optic. But if you're watching the game, if you have eyes, you know that game isn't his fault, and he did all he humanly could. Dude, um, there are people literally saying that because he lost, he can now never be the GOAT. It's like, first of all, well, yeah. Brady, Brady lost three, three times. <laughs> yeah, Brady lost three Super Second Rolls. of all, if you're going to say that, like, he it lost. It doesn't look good right now, guy. obviously. It doesn't look good right now. But, I mean, Mahomes could win five, six, seven. Who knows how many Super Bowls. This team didn't seem that hungry in that game, though. Like, the pass rush, what I'm talking about, the defense just, they didn't seem engaged. Like, Matthew is, like, fucking around and, like. Oh, that was I, awesome. I don't, they didn't. I yeah, love that. I'm I, just saying, like, if, let's, let's yeah, say Brady Mahomes, was going off. Let's <laughs> say Mahomes that. goes on and uh, on to win seven. Same as Brady. Let's say they both finish with seven. Mahomes would definitely be the better quarterback at that point because his numbers are going to be far exactly. superior. Like, right. if, you know, if, you're, if your um, only argument is he lost to Brady in this head-to-head matchup in the Super Bowl, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, it's clear to see Mahomes, barring injury, is going to be thrown for 45 to 5,200 yards probably on a yearly basis. Probably 40 to 50 touchdowns on a yearly basis. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's going to be um, a lot like – it's going to be a lot like Jordan and LeBron where – uh, LeBron obviously is surpassing Jordan in so many career totals, but he's not surpassing him in a lot of career averages. Cause I, I, I strongly doubt Patrick Mahomes given his injury history already and the way he plays is going to be playing until he's 43, 44, 45. I think yeah. he'll be lucky to make it to 37, 38. Um, yeah. but that would make, you know, close to or equal championships that much more impressive because Brady's yeah, got two I, after the age of 40. I think LeBron yeah. does average more better percentages and it's other than points per game. I think he, he's more assists, more rebounds, more three, three point. Yeah, percentage. I'm, I'm just saying they're like in totals, he's got in total points covered yeah. like across the board. But when you look at averages, it's a different story. There's more an argument. Right? Yeah, but I'm just saying, I think it's only points per game. I would say, oh yeah. I mean, of the major stats. Yeah. 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 Um, and probably like a couple defensive ones, but, um, yeah, I don't, yeah. With Mahomes style of play, he's probably not playing till he's 42. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a pretty terrible game. I mean, I ha- had my big money box first time, nice. spent a lot of money on a big box and, uh, yeah, I mean, I had three zero and didn't even come close. My boxes were dead by the second quarter. So, um, very rare you have three zero and your your boxes you, you walk away with nothing that's tough yeah and your boxes are, my boxes were dead in the second quarter dead like absolutely like less than two percent chance like because right. I had uh, Chiefs zero Bucks three I was thinking ten three first quarter Chiefs I was thinking um, you know maybe you could have got after the two field goals you get a touchdown and then it's third Bucks well no what little. killed me was was. <laughs> 13 the, i had four no, what and killed two, me sully so i don't want to hear it i was dead well, from the four, beginning of the four game four and one there are some crazy I numbers that one eight, nine one so <laughs> nine one one there are crazy numbers yeah. all i'm saying is though it was my the bucks won. that got me. my literal bookie won our squares he won he won oh the last God. two quarters of the squares i texted him after i was like you're a son of a bitch I was like, yeah. he's oh like dude God. i didn't deserve this at all i was like how about you send that yeah. to me that happened last year in our box i set it up and did the whole thing and i won two quarters <laughs> so he had nine he had nine one then yep yeah yeah he did which is awful those are awful those numbers. are some of the worst numbers i've ever awful so numbers. like but i was saying with the bucks what screwed me was i think the bucks went up was it tw- they went up tw- once it was up 14 nothing 
then I would have needed three straight field goals by the Bucks to get to three for them. So then I was basically done. And then once they scored another touchdown, put to 21, then I would have needed four field goals, you know? So once the Bucks got to two touchdowns, straight touchdowns without field goals, I was pretty much done um, because there were two touchdowns in a row. I would have needed three field goals in a row and that wasn't happening, yeah. um, especially with how they're scoring and stuff. <laughs> so I was, uh, I wasn't happy. Um, Those are the, some of the best box numbers I've ever had. Yeah, and it just sucks. The best box number is the worst year for it. Um, moving yeah. on, though, the they had the parade today. A uh, bunch of videos out there of Brady just in Tampa, just absolutely hammered. Just uh, reminds me of the last time I went to Tampa, um, being carried around <laughs> basically by his friends. Uh, he threw the Lombardi trophy to a boat that was trailing behind them. Um, I mean, this is just great because this is not at all how he would have acted during a Patriot celebration. Um, I mean, obviously they wouldn't be out on boats because it's February in Boston, but, um, even just being part of the Patriots organization, you wouldn't see Tom Brady out there getting bombed in, uh, public. So happy for my guy. He's still my guy. I love him. I'll never stop. He brought me yeah, much I, I, joy. Throwing the trophy across the boat is insane. <laughs> insane. It's just like, yeah. oh, yeah. like I want to see, I want to see him continue to win there because I want to see the antics that he's going to get into, especially right? if that new Brady. I know. Like I, Hey, honestly, you gotta, you, they're going to be the team to beat next year, obviously because they won, but also because now they have a full off season together with this core group to prepare Mike Evans already said, hey, if you need to take some money from me to give to someone else, like we can restructure. Like I want to keep this team together. So, you know, but I don't think they're going to be the team to and Vegas doesn't think they're the team to be right. I think they're definitely going to be in it. But you have Godwin's a free agent. You have. And I know, like you said with Evans, but Godwin's a free agent. uh, Brown's a free agent. Gronk's obviously a free agent, which probably shouldn't be hard to figure out. And then um, but. Levante David is looking for one of the biggest middle linebacking deals in um, in league history. So that's going to want a nice contract too. And Fournette as yeah. well. I mean, there's obviously guys you're not going to be able to return. It's like any Super Bowl team. I mean, but but without Fournette, what, you still have Rojo who if Fournette, no, I know, there, but like he can, he can manage if, it. It's, you know, what if they lose um, Godwin and then Antonio Brown has legal issues and then they lose him somehow, you know, um, I just, and I just, I look at the Rams as serious, serious contenders next year. Like, um, oh, if I had to pick a team that's coming out of the NFC, I would actually pick the Rams. Um, yeah, Stafford there is going to be know. phenomenal. Stafford with McVay. I think Cam, Ak- I think Cam Akers is going to be unreal. I think Cam Akers could be like a top five back next year. Um, you know, and their receivers, Marvin Jones might be going there. Um, I think those two teams are going to be, you know, those are the two teams I see uh, in that conference. Um, and then obviously when the, when the Packers sign Will Fuller and act like they just signed Jerry Rice. <laughs> oh, when they signed Will Fuller? Yeah. Yeah. When they signed oh, I, a second rate wide receiver and act like they just brought in fucking. Well, Will Fuller would be fantastic for them. But um, I don't think they're ever, they're not even interested in receivers. They just don't even know. They don't even care. Well, talking about free agents, let's move to another sport um, and a free agent that just pulled on your heartstrings, Sully. I mean, just totally made it seem like yeah. he, he was going to be yours and then just completely fucked you and went to the bad guys, went to the defending champ. I was, Rogers, I was very confident. I was I very you confident. I, I thought you were getting, yeah. I mean, I was decently confident in George Springer. I was like 55, 50, 60% in Springer. Um, and then when it came to Bauer, I was towards the end. I was like, the only way that he goes to the Dodgers is on a short term deal. 
and we have more money we can give him and we can give him a long-term deal. So um, obviously his home is, you know, Southern Cal. They have that going for them. Get it. Um, but I, I was thinking about a day or two before, I think I said about 80%, I think the Mets have of, of getting him, you know, everything I'm hearing, it's all Mets related. All the Converse are go, go, going good. Dodgers have a history of low balling offers and pissing people off and, you know, not really giving a ton of money. Um, so, you know, and when it comes out, you see obviously all the Mets stuff on his website, LFGM. I'm like, dude, this is in the bag. And then there's a Dodgers hat up, just only one, just to, you know, thinking to throw us off. And obviously the day before it was that shithead, what's his name, that did the fake report. Oh, um, he's so bad. Yeah, Bob Nightingale. Bob Nightingale, who's literally the worst reporter I've ever heard of in my life. Like, I got excited, obviously, because someone reported it. And then I heard Bob, it was Bob Nightingale, and I was like, well, this is like, you know, normally it's like 99% payment. Anyone reports it. It's literally like 50 50 with Nightingale. Like, I'm like, well, we have a 50 50 shot. Like, it's like more like 30. It's like he, I, I saw in replies to his tweet, he was selling autographed Mets hats on his site. Bauer? Either he or his agent was selling autographed Mets hats on Who his was? site. Bauer. Before yes, he no. signed. I, yes, Dodgers and Mets. Yeah, but like he was signing them, not just like, oh, he was had them, but like, that's crazy that you don't even. You're not even going to sign with them now. What's the, the hat's worthless <laughs> well, now? Well, yeah, I know. I mean, well, how, do you I not mean get a, how do you not offer refunds on that? Well, no, it's still a. It's literally worth less than if you signed a piece of paper. You think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it has no tie to him whatsoever. It's literally, it'd be yeah. like. Well, it's still an autograph, though. Yeah, but it literally, yeah, like Dave I'm said, it would be like him signing a piece of paper. A piece of paper. Yeah, no, like, it, it, uh, it, it, I would say it'd be like him signing a piece of paper, but it's still worth something. Yeah. But that's one of those things that, like, it's worth what someone will pay you for it. It's not like Steiner's not going to be like, yeah, this Trevor Bauer Mets hats are worth whatever. <laughs> It'll have some novelty worth in, you know, a few years where it's like, you know, oh, remember when Bauer trolled the Mets or like everyone thought he was going to sign with the Mets and he actually didn't. I have one of the, you know, 50 hats that he signed, you know, 20 years from now. <laughs> I yeah. think that's the only chance at it having value, but that's fucked up. It is fucked up. I'd give it to his agent though. What a fucking deal she negotiated for him. <laughs> yeah. Really good deal. Um, I was really mad at Trevor Bauer. Uh, I said, <laughs> I, I hope he tears his UCL and gets Tommy John surgery. Um, and then after hearing his apology, I actually accept his apology. Um, he, he tweeted, it must've been six different tweets. Seemed very candid. He was like, I wasn't even aware of this. He was basically saying like, he was basically saying like, he took all these pictures, obviously did all this stuff before. He didn't know where he was going to sign day before. Didn't know where he was going to sign. I'm not going to read the whole tweet, obviously, but this is a quick synopsis. Um, he basically said someone on his team, uh, or it was basically a mistake by someone on his team team that did it. By the time he saw it, it was down. Um, and you know, he didn't what, even know where he was signing. The, the putting the hats on? Putting the Mets the Mets merchandise and everything. He took responsibility for it, but he was like, it was not me that did that, and it was not my intention to put that up. Um, gotcha. And, and I, I actually believe him because when Trevor Bauer trolls, he does not apologize for it. This was seven or eight different tweets of him apologizing all in one big long thing. And he's like um, – and then at the end, he said he's donating $10,000 to like three or four different New York charities. So – it's not a ton of money, but whatever, you know, 
it seemed like he, he really um, forty thousand dollars more that they didn't have. Exactly. You know, it seemed like his heart was in the right place. He felt genuinely bad. Um, and he, I feel like he, that was not his intention. And, you know, and he was trying to make, make good with a lot of Met fans and no Met fans are really, most Met fans aren't taking the apology as well. And I, I, I have nothing to do, but accept it. Cause I think it was candid. He's donating his money. It was an honest mistake and it wasn't his, but he took responsibility for it. He's like, it's my fault. It wasn't me that did it, but it was my fault. It was someone on my team. So, um, you know, he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, you know, I hope you guys are cheering for me um, when I'm there in City Field, even if it's not for me. He's like, you know, I hope you guys are loud. And so Trevor Bauer's a troll, and he is, but I don't think he was being a troll in this. During the time, of course, you think it is, but after reading everything, he wouldn't have said all that because he doesn't give a shit. He's a very, you know, yeah, he, exactly. curses out, very he curses out the commissioner and is like, fuck you, you suck. Yeah. Like, he doesn't care at all, so... Um, I accept his apology. I hope he doesn't tear his UCL or whatever the fuck it is. Um, I don't want him to be going to be the Cy Young. I mean, in hindsight, I think it could be a good thing for the Mets because the the deal the Dodgers gave him is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, people are already looking ahead. Like, how are they going to re-sign anyone? Yeah. Seager, now everyone's already making Seager photoshops of where because he's <laughs> I know. after this year. So on the positive side for the Mets, Lindor is going to get an extension soon. And then one of, if not both, of Conforto and Syndergaard will get an extension. At least two of those three will. Um, so that's 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 a positive from it. We we signed Jonathan VR, uh, bought low. McCann we got. We traded for Lindor, obviously. I mean, they uh, better we, because that's what they said when they didn't sign Springer was, okay, they chose Conforto and a Lindor extension over Springer. But you can't say that after Bauer if you said that after Springer. Well, I don't think I don't think we thought we were going to be as serious in Bauer as we ended up being. I I don't think Bauer like as a Met fan, I never thought Bauer was even a, a real solid chance. And then Bauer just had no suitors. I didn't think our priority was always Springer over Bauer, in my opinion. Um, it, it, I I never really heard a ton of Bauer talk, to be honest, because our pitching was really good, especially after the Carrasco deal. Because now you have Syndergaard, Carrasco. Um, DeGrom and uh, Stroman, you know, you have a great four pitchers there. Syndergaard will miss a couple months, but, um, you know, starting pitching isn't, you know, isn't like, you know, desperate need compared to like a center fielder. So I always felt spring. So once Springer was out and then there wasn't really as big a market for Bauer, I slowly, I was like, oh, this might happen. This might happen. And then the, the talk came. And then right before I'm like, we're going to get him. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I think he should be able to do it. You know, I we're still we still have thirty million in cap though, so I think we're not done. We're going to add another starter, whether it's a Paxton, an order Rizzi, uh, a reliever. Um, I can't wait until they get rid of this cap after next year. Yeah, so me dumb. too. So, yeah, um, I know. But um, so I think I think it, it still could be a good thing for for the Mets. Yeah, you know, Bauer's probably not going to be amazing this year. I mean, he's so bipolar when it comes to his years, his production. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't wait to see him in October in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Before uh, we move on to a little uh, NBA to wrap things up, I gotta point out: I just opened Twitter, and the first thing I see is a tweet from six hours ago from Leonard Fournette saying, "My dog JPP was sacking the ass with seven fingers. He is different." And then four hours ago, he tweeted, it's so hot out here. The sun got me seeing things with a bunch of crying emojis. I thought JPP had all his fingers just now. 
Yeah, he was going off on Twitter. Dude, before. he's They're so funny. All so hammered. Oh my god, that I like this team. I like the Bucks a lot. I just had to point that out because those tweets, yeah, have me dying. They are a fun team. Um, but let's move on. Let's talk a little NBA. We haven't talked any basketball in a while. Um, obviously, uh, Nets doesn't seem to quite be working out yet. Uh, they had some spots where they were. They were getting it together. The the big three, we'll call them there, of Durant, Harden, and Irving. Um, not really working out. But also, another thing to note that has been um, all over the place last week is LaMelo Ball is coming into his own very quickly. Um, I mean, he's dropping 30-plus in games. He's out here uh, He's out here pulling up so from nice. five feet behind the, the three-point line. I mean, this kid is this kid seems like he might be the real deal. He got his first start the told, other night. I told everyone he should have been the number one pick. <laughs> I, I think you were number one overall. I think you were right. Remind me, who even went number one this year? I'm so Anthony Edwards. Oh, he's right. Like yeah. an okay. He's having an okay rookie year, but yeah, you know, it's just another talented Timberwolves draft pick that results in no fucking wins for them. Yep. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, Lamelo. I mean, good for them. You know, good for Charlotte. Uh, did you guys see the behind the back? Did you see in the transition that behind yeah. the back bounce pass? I've seen it all. I've Dude, seen every Lamelo ball play. Crazy. That was crazy. And then what? Who? I forget who threw it down. But he brings it. He windmills it so he doesn't get blocked and he just yams the ball. That was insane. That was like. Oh yeah, it was. To, it was to Mikael Bridges. Yes. Uh, no. Yes. Um. My, yeah. One of the Bridges. Yeah. Miles, Bridges, Miles, Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. Yeah. Bridges, yeah. Um, but yeah, Incredible. I mean, I think there's a conversation to be had. Who's going to have the better NBA career, Lamelo or Zion? I think that can be a conversation. Um, sure. I, I mean, you know, durability I, seems like it's going to be a problem for Zion his whole career. Yes. You know, it's just Lamelo ball is definitely, um, more skilled than Zion for sure. Um, you know, the height of his position, the ability to shoot threes, he had like seven to 12 from threes. He's chucking threes up and making them at a <laughs> high rate. His passability, like, I'm not saying I love Zion and Zion, I think is very talented and he's playing. I love everything about Zion this year. Efficient, 60%, not forcing it 23, 24 and seven. He's just, he's learning how to play the game. And he's not, he's not LeBron. He's not dribbling the ball. He's not a Russ Westbrook dribbling the shit out of the ball. Um, he's playing within himself. He needs to work on his defense for sure. As does LaMelo, but LaMelo to me, it's just like, they're different. Like Zion's a monster. LaMelo's skinny, tall and skinny, but he's, He's got like Curry in him. Like he's got like the he's got the pull up three. He's got the deep three. He's got the passing out a little bit too. I mean, you gotta assume he's gonna put on 15, 20 pounds a month. Yeah. So I, I don't too. yeah, I don't even know who I would take right now for better career, Zion or Lomelo. Uh who would you guys take? Um I, I think Lomelo certainly has the chance to be more impactful. Yeah. I mean he's because of the rebounding, the passing, the yeah, scoring. Yeah, he's going to be a triple-double machine. Um, yeah. You know, defense is always going to be something he's going to have to focus on and work on. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he's he's great. I I love everything about LaMelo's game. Uh, I think Same. he's, you know, he's actually, he's, he's somehow a pass-first point guard that scores 20-plus, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> despite averaging 20 more a game, you know, or on that trajectory is still going to come off to me as a pass first point guard. And he's making Gordon Hayward look great too. Yes. Yeah. Hayward. Yeah. He he's dishing it out to, he's driving, dishing it out to Hayward. Hayward's burying shots. Uh, 
I like that move. I like I like Charlotte for Hayward. I think that uh, I think he's fitting in better there than he did in Boston. And I mean, no fault to his. It sucks when you uh, sign with a team and they just happen to get two of the better rookies or young players yeah. to come out of recent drafts that are that I are mean, carrying the team how, now. Who knows how differently that his career time there would have played out if he didn't have that injury. Right, first right, yeah, year. first game. First you know. game, first five minutes of he plays in Boston and he shatters his leg. But I mean. by the same token, you could you could look at the silver lining of that and say maybe Jalen Brown doesn't become who he is without right. that time. No, it's true. You know? It's very it's very true. I mean I would take I would I wouldn't change how things played out as a yeah, Celtics fan. I mean, you can't certainly can't be mad. You guys have a, a solid two for the next decade. Right. And I gotta give a shout yeah. out to last year's first round draft pick, Robert Williams currently he's coming around as it stands today of all qualified players who have taken 150 or more shot attempts he has the highest field goal percentage of all time with 0.725 insane 72 and a half percent field goal percentage what is it minimum 150 attempts in mitchell robinson set the nba record last year the all-time record in a single season record he beat will 68 69 70 something yeah, seventy something. Yeah, but I remember. I don't. I mean, it must be just below that because right. Well, this I is yeah. This is career. Yeah, this is um. Yeah, any player with is a career or single season. Uh career. Mitch set the single season one. His is his is career. It says oh okay, that makes more sense. Then. Yeah, from all NBA analytics, Robert Williams currently has the highest field goal percentage among qualified players all time. Minimum one hundred fifty shot attempts. Oh, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. But crazy. I'm like, hey, man, he 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 definitely made some progress. I mean, he's got Tristan Thompson there this year, helping him a little bit, helping him along. Someone, uh, you know, a solid big man to help learn from. Tice obviously is um, playing pretty fucking unreal this year as well. Um, so mm-hmm. I I don't know. I like the Celtics. I think. Uh, I mean, I say it every year, and they they've gotten close. Uh, but I think uh, I think they're going to be a dangerous team to play come playoff time. It, to me, when you're like when you're one of those like four, six, seven top teams like the Celtics are, where you have your your core in place, and it's just a matter of the side pieces coming in and out every mm-hmm. year. You really do have a chance to win it every year. Every it's single just year, about right? Which which domino falls your way? or which matchup you get, or, you know, if you come to play two nights and this team does like, right. There's six or seven teams that could beat the Lakers or the Clippers in it or the bucks in a seven game series. It can happen. It's just not the most likely outcome or the, right. you know, whatever, like was Dallas supposed to win the 2011 title? No, no, <laughs> but they did. They, they, you know, it's stuff like that, that were the Spurs supposed to win each of their titles. No, you know, it's, there really are like six or seven teams that could that could win the title. Uh, I mean, look at Miami last year. They weren't supposed to be in the finals. Nope, but they yeah. had crazy playoff run and got hot at the they right went time. On an unreal and, run. Yeah, unreal run took out the best teams in the Eastern Conference and who on knows their what way. That series would have been if, it, if they didn't have all those injuries. You know, maybe they could have taken it to seven games or even one. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I those mean, injuries yeah. definitely plagued them, and having such hard fought series getting there. Definitely didn't help, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah. they, they, Hey, they beat, they beat my team and they did it very impressively. So I, uh, got to take the hat yeah, off. My, for oh, my overall point is I think teams, I think teams that are in a position to compete and win a title and things necessarily break their way that year are too focused on changing things 
and instead of just trying to run it back or you know tweak how they approach a game or how they approach an opponent um but there's so much player movement in the nba that it's, yeah. it's really tough to keep a core together but you know those teams like philly and toronto and boston um and now you know another year or so the lakers and clippers that really have their core guys together for three four five years you know you don't have to make major changes every year yeah definitely not and i mean i like the like talk bringing it back to the celtics i mean the changes they made this year obviously you got rid of hayward um you still have kemba you still have marcus smart you bring in jeff teague you bring in uh tristan thompson you still have Robert Williams. You still have Tice. I mean, really, and obviously. Yeah, and right, I like those moves. for Boston. Right, exactly. I love Jeff Teague on the team. I love Tristan Thompson on the team. It's like these are all those are all moves that I think benefited us. And if it wasn't um, even at like given the the eye test, it doesn't seem that way. It's like, oh, Gordon Hayward for Jeff Teague. Like, I don't know. It's working out. I mean, it's, it's clearly working yeah. out. So it's definitely Absolutely. good. Well, uh, you guys don't have a good record this year, do you? Um, you guys are 12 and 11 though. So I don't, yeah, I mean, no, there was, there's been some rough games. There was a couple games where they literally just could not hit shots. No one could hit shots. And there was like, I think it was like a three or four game stretch where it was just like absolutely embarrassing losses, but they've yeah, but 12 and 11. What is that? That's like good enough for like third or fourth in the East, right? Um, third, let's see fourth. They're, they're fourth. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really mean, bad this year. You mean you? Yeah, but at the beginning of the year, what are you? You're, you're saying the Celtics are going to finish, and now, especially now with Harden and Brooklyn, you're that's where they're going to be—the second to four seed. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, right now you have two teams with good records in all of the East. Brooklyn's the three seed of fourteen twelve. That's not good. There's two teams with Philly and Milwaukee, the only teams with legitimately good records. Everyone else is like a game or two above five hundred. Uh, that's where Miami had such an awful start with injuries and COVID mainly. And we're a game out. I know I'm not concerned that we're going to miss the playoffs now that we, we're getting healthy and won three in a row, but I'm yeah, just I mean, so please don't miss the playoffs. The, the whole, or the thunder are going to have like two top five picks. If you do that, if you, if you continue to be this bad. Yeah, no, we, we, we won't be this bad. Um, and then Utah 20 and five. I mean, uh, they're just, they've been incredible with a similar group of, of people. Um, you know, I mean, they, you know, they got Ingles, they got Conley's playing better. Mitchell's playing outstanding. Um, Gobert's playing great. And then um, Clarkson's playing very, very well. Um, they, they have a similar group of people, though, and they're really just defensively, offensively. They're the only team in the league that's top five in both. So um, I never really consider them serious contenders, but I think. You know, I'm de- you know, in my head, I'm like, are they serious contenders? You definitely need to take them serious, or are they like the Nuggets from two years ago? Um, they're just going to have a re- like the top seed and lose in the second round to you know a superior team. Um, so I, I don't know. The West is going to be fun, though. The West is going to be fun. The only teams in the West I don't think have a chance are the Thunder and really the the Wolves. I think almost anyone else is a shot. Yeah, um, we don't want to give Dallas any confidence. They, they, you might want to sit Luca down for the year. You don't want KP getting hurt again. You're not winning anything. Let's just rest the guy's legs. KP is made out of glass, so I think he'll, yeah, he'll do that for you. Yeah, I don't think I we're need, gonna have to. I need the, you know, he gets bumped in the in the hip down low. You know, nice bone bruise. He's out two weeks. Then mm-hmm. tweaks the hamstring in practice. You know, 
That's what we need for KP. Nothing serious, just <laughs> nagging injuries. Yeah. all right all right that's gonna do it Uh, this has been the episode uh go uh follow us on socials at bleacher fan at bleacher banter uh rate and subscribe to the podcast and go to bleacherfan.com and check out that store uh we will be back next week uh we'll have more nba to talk Uh, i'm sure we'll have more baseball to talk uh spring training is getting very very close Coming up to the midpoint in February here. Uh, pitchers and catchers very soon. I believe next week. Um, so we will be back to talk about all that. And we will see you then.